Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Right on. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Awesome. It's good to see you. Uh, Before I get into my message as well, I just want to highlight the Conquer series that's coming up uh, this Thursday, all about freedom from uh, it's, a, well, it's about sexual purity, freedom from lust and, and pornography, and uh, th- there's even a bigger focus than that. It's really a focus on inner healing as well. Um, as the Conquer series talks about it, so many times uh, the hurts that are inside, we, we, we end up adopting some kind of thing to medicate, and one of those things is uh, pornography. And, and so to be freed up from the inside and to experience God's inner healing helps to free us. And, and it's really an amazing, amazing uh, course. And, and pornography is just, uh, you know, it, it's an issue with, I'm, I'm sure, a lot of people here. And, and the hard thing is, for so many years, we've stayed quiet about it, right? And, and it ne- just needed to be brought up even more, because now we have iPhones. So you literally have access to this all the time. And so um, yeah, this, this is a problem for, for men and for women, and, and we, if we want to grow, we grow in the light, right? We grow when we come and we bring our stuff to each other, we pray for each other, we bring our stuff to God, and this is where um, God doesn't slap you on the head. God, God loves you into a, a better place. God, God works in your heart and in your mind to bring freedom from the inside, and it's a journey that's sometimes a long one, but it's so worth it. So I, I just really encourage you, um, don't live in shame. God wants freedom for you, wherever you're at. God wants freedom. So um, this Thursday, really encourage you to sign up for that. Great. Uh, yeah, can we just uh, yeah, come to God and pray prayer before we get into things this morning? Uh, God, you're so good. It, it's so, uh, worshiping you is just so much fun. Um, yeah, because you're such a good God. And God, we just pray um, that, that the worship in our hearts, it, it wouldn't stop with a melody this morning. It would just continue. Uh, and, and God, we would just uh, live a life uh, of worship uh, in our everyday lives. And God, as we, we hear your words today and, and we talk about you, God, that we would have hearts that, that would respond in a heart of worship uh, to you, Lord God. So just lead my words and go way beyond me or else this is pointless. Um, and we could all go home, but because you're here, uh, let's stay. Amen. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yeah, we are uh, kind of wrapping up. Uh, I'm going to be wrapping up a series this morning called uh, Revival in, in Prayer. Uh, our church has been going through kind of a time uh, of fasting, and actually next week, uh, next weekend, Claude is going to be kicking off a series on relationships, so that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, how was your Daniel fast? Was it good? Yeah? Was it any of your first time ever fasting? No. Someone's. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have a... Fasting is great, but it's hard, right? <laughs> that, that's the ultimate reality. Um, kind, of, kind of the point of fasting is to give something up at, for God and, and, and focus on Him, right? Not to make your body suffer, but sometimes your body suffers. Um, <laughs> because one thing I like to fast is... is I always like to fast something that's really important to me, and so coffee. And every year, it's like, I don't, I'm making excuses in my head, right? Well, this year, I, I don't love coffee. Like, I love you, Jesus, more than coffee, so I don't need to fast it, right? And every year, it's just like, well, you probably should. And so, I fasted coffee, 
And the first day it was like, okay, this isn't too bad. A few headaches, but it's, 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 not, it's, it's okay. I, I can manage this. Second day, like, my bones hurt. They were, they were like begging, coffee, coffee, this little monster, coffee monster asking for it. Uh, we went to the grocery store, and at one point Val was like, Brenton, you're a little snarky today. You're a little sharp. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh, detoxing, you know. Um, just give me a sip, and I'll cheer right up. <laughs> Um, but, but it hurts, right? And, and, and the fact is, um, I, I want to talk about what we truly need this morning. And a need is defined as something you require that is essential or very important to you. And, and for me, coffee is very important and was very important. Um, and to my body, it was essentially essential, right? My body was just like, hey, give me the stuff. Um, and, and a fast is just an awesome time. To, to remind yourself, I don't need coffee, you know, I, I don't need coffee, I don't need food for a period of time, you do eventually need food, um, and, and then as your body responds, your body's gonna, you know, kind of knock at the door, Brenton, drink some coffee, eat some food, you get to say to yourself, no, you don't need coffee, no, you don't need food, you need God, and, and this is where it's such a powerful thing um, because, you know, as a staff, we were talking, sometimes when you fast, your body can grow weak and tired, but actually you're, you're fueling your inner man, because you're focusing on the things of God, right? And, and, and so where your body is, is kind of hurting and asking for stuff, but your inner man, you actually feel stronger than you would otherwise. And this is where, you know, Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was a, a command. Jesus said, um, he was saying, right, we shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is, this is supposed to be our diet. And I think it's important to ask our, ourselves and myself, and this is what I want to focus on even going forward from this fast, is am I living on bread alone? Do I live on bread alone? Do, do, I, do, do I live, you know, what really is my comfort at the end of the day? Is it ice cream, uh, Instagram, Netflix, or is it God? And, and again, it can be so easy to, to live on bread alone, unless you're gluten intolerant. Um, then, it's, then it's hard. But, but in life, it's easy to live physical lives, being sustained by physical things, and God has not called us to do that. So, so even moving forward from this fast, me and Valerie have been talking and just saying, hey, we, we need to be careful. You know, it can be really easy just to, to watch TV and, and all of a sudden the, the all, oh, this is the ultimate shame when it says, are you still watching? Like, <laughs> you've got to just get on your knees and say, I'm sorry, Jesus, you know, <laughs> unless you're watching like, you know, something Christian, right? But it's like, God, forgive me. But that, it, could, it, it can happen so easy. And in life, it, it can happen really easy, right? You know, I've been fasting social media, and sometimes you just find your thumb just scrolling, just phantom scrolling, right? That didn't actually happen. But, but, but it can easily happen. And, and we can easily be, you know, we, we can be Christians, and, and we're called to be sustained spiritually, but we can really just be living on physical things day to day to fill us up. And all of a sudden, uh, God takes a back seat in our lives, right? All of a sudden, we kind of go to God periodically when, when we need something. And, and, and we, you might be asking yourself too, what does this have to do with prayer this morning? And I think it has everything to do with prayer. Be- because the way that we see God affects how we go to God, right? We need to see God as, as a God uh, whose throne we can approach 
um, with, with grace and, and find help in our time of need, right? If we believe that God, we're going to approach his throne and, and he's going to just slap us around and say, get better, then, then we're going to be fearful to, to approach God. But God says, no, freely approach my throne. I'm a loving father who loves you. So it's important to have that mindset of God. And it's also important in our lives that, that we're not just living physical lives and going to God just asking for, for physical things. When often God is most concerned about our hearts, right? And this is what you see in James 4. Um, James says, you do not have because you do not ask God. What a thought. James is saying there are things God wants to bless you with. Um, You know, and it says in the Bible, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give that to us. Right? So James is saying there's things that, that God wants to pour out to you that you actually don't have because you're not asking for in prayer. You're not going to him in prayer. And then it says, and when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you might spend what you get on your pleasures. So you see, they, they, they were a people whose, whose prayer life was really just centered around the, their physical things. And so needs, ar- needs arrived in their life, and they were like, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, give me this. And, and, and we have to be careful in, in the way that sometimes we can be so focused on just, you know, seeking, you know, the hand of God that blesses instead of seeking God's face. And we know we have a God that blesses, right? We know we have a God that provides. We know we have a God that heals. But it, it would be a weird relationship if all we're doing is just asking God for, for a list of things, right? It's just kind of like, if that was my relationship with my dad, hey dad, can I have this, can I have this, can I have this? That would be a weird relationship. Um, and so James is pointing out that th- their prayer life is, is a little off-focused and, and essentially it's wrong because they're coming to God just selfishly. It's good that they're praying, I guess. But, but, and then he, later in the chapter here, he kind of addresses their mindset in James 4, and he says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make bank. Why do you even know what will happen tomorrow? What is life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So I don't think what James is trying to say here is that every time, you know, if, if you make a coffee date with someone and they ask you, hey, are you going to be there tomorrow? The Lord wills, man. I will. You know, because then people are going to be like, are you okay? Like, is there something, are, you, are you sick? Or what, what's going on? Um, and, and I also don't think James is saying, if you have a business, never plan. Just never plan, you know, just put on your pants that morning, show up, and, and just go, right? Planning is evil. Uh, I don't even think James is saying, you know, doing business and, and making some money is wrong, but the heart attitude they were doing life with was wrong. They, they, they had this, this heart of, uh, of arrogance where they were like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do my life. I'm going to do my business, I'm going to make money, and this is, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and so they, they were, again, they were kind of, they had this independent heart from God. 
And it can be so easy to develop this independent heart from God, right? We all crave independence uh, growing up, right? We want to we wanna move out, we want to get our own car, we want to get our own place, and, and all of these things. And sometimes we can have that, that's not a bad thing, right? But, but, but sometimes we can have that mindset with God. Uh, I, I remember uh, when, when I was, uh, one time I, was, I had my learners, and I was beginning to drive, and I was like, my, my dad kind of warned me, Brenton, it's really icy, do you want me to drive? And I'm like, no, I got this, I'm a, I'm a good driver. Um, I'm not actually a very good driver, but I found that out after this. Um, so, so I'm driving, it's going good for a very short time, and like, it wasn't even like half a mile, and we just go right into the ditch. And then I turned to my dad, okay, you can drive now. <laughs> and, and sometimes we live our life this way, right? We, we, we have the steering wheel, and we're on the road, and, and when we hit the ditch, this is when we go to God. We say, God, fix it! God, where were you? What, what happened? How did I get here? Fix it, right? We, we, we turn to him in, in a crisis and, and we say, Jesus, take the wheel when things are going wrong. And this is when sometimes he does, right? He's faithful in, in taking the wheel and, and getting us back on course. And, and, and then we say, okay, thank you, Jesus. That was great. I'll take it from here, right? And we, and we learn just to, just to drive and come to God just when, when we need something, instead of making him our ultimate need in life. And this is what I want a, a focus of in my life going forward. I, I, have, to, I have to make sure that my, God is my one need. God, God is my one need in life. God is my one thing in life. Instead of all of these, these needs piling up in my life, and, and, and I just come to God when those things aren't satisfying me, I, I, I want to learn that this, this dependence on God and I think this is something that we need to learn in our lives, amen? It, it's an adjustment, it really is, it's an adjustment. Even working at church, it can be easy just to go through the motions. You think I'm in church, like I'm always praying, but sometimes you're just planning and planning and, and planning events and it's like, wait, I haven't, even, I haven't even connected with God in prayer. And I think in our lives, it's the same way. We can go about our lives and do our business and make our money and and, and we're leaving God out of the picture, but he wants to be a part of that picture. He wants to be a part of every area of my life, not just the times that we we, we need him. I want to have a heart that needs him all the time. And and this is where it's hard because we also live in such a a prosperous area. That's not the case for, for everyone I know but it can be easy to be lulled to sleep by the fact that we have so many things. And this is where, this is where Jesus, um, there was a church in Laodicea, and Jesus, he said this to them. He said, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other, so because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. This is their attitude. I'm rich and I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. But don't you realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? Ouch! Ouch! If you would have asked the people of of Laodicea, hey, how's your life? They would have said, it's great, man. I'm loaded. I got money in the bank. Business is booming. I don't need anything. But God's good. God's good. He's poured out lots of blessings. But but really, this... it was actually an independent heart that, that they had from God where they didn't need God anymore. And they probably went to God for blessings and sought the hands of God again, but they didn't, they didn't develop God as a need in their life. 
And that's not what I want for my life. So this is what Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. It was a town filled with gold. Um, so you can become rich. White clothes to wear, it was a town that, that had rich black wool that it was famous for. So you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. And, and what Laodicea had was just um, like a healing eye ointment. It was very, it had awesome, awesome health care. Um, and then Jesus says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. That, that was, that's what Jesus was calling them to do, repent. Repent. Again, humble yourself where you need me again. And then he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And, and this is the invitation that Jesus has for us, right? He, he's not a God that busts our door down and, and he's not a God that grabs the steering wheel and says, I'm driving now. He's a God that knocks on the door of our heart and says, let me in. Let me in. I, I, I want to do life with you. I want to eat with you. I want to commune with you. I, I, I want you to, to, to need me and make me your everything, but, but, but you've kind of shut me out. So here I am. I'm knocking. Would you let me in? Let's do life together. Let's eat together. And this is, this is you know, just my hard cry this morning is that I wouldn't have that attitude that I don't need a thing. I don't need a thing right now, God, but I'll come to you when I do, right? I, I, I think it's so true that when we become satisfied with the world's bread, that we lose our hunger for the bread of life. And this is when, oh, it's that em- emptyless hole of just filling ourselves and then going to God when that's not enough. But we have to learn dependence on him. I, I love the quote from Frank Damasio. It says, those who are satisfied with what they have rarely looked to God to supply them with what they truly need. Wow, that's so, that's so true. And, and, and I really believe this is, this is kind of linked to what Jesus said when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. I used to think the poor in spirit was just kind of when you were bummed out, like when you had a really bad day and you're just like, oh, life sucks. That's when you're blessed because God's good and he is in those moments, right? But, but really being poor in spirit is just to acknowledge like, God, without you, I'm nothing. God, with, with, I, I got nothing to give. I got nothing to offer. God, I, I can't, I'm not my own savior. I, I can't do this. I can't be a good spouse. I can't be this, this, this. I need you. I'm poor in spirit without you. I need you, God. And, and, and this is where that, that, uh, that heart cry, God, God responds to, right? When, when the Pharisee went to the temple and all he did was flex, he's like, hey, I'm tithing, I'm good, I'm reading my Bible, and this fool tax collector is crying out to God, and he's ripping people off. He wasn't justified. It was the tax collector that said, God, I need you. God, I'm a broken person. I I, I need your grace, Lord God. And this is when he was justified. And I I really believe that, that, that we have to learn to be dependent on God. And just like I said, it's, it's a new way of living. I really think, right, we ha- we've developed this independence from him and we have to do a total shift in our thinking where he's just involved in every decision all the, all the time, right? We're coming to him in prayer. We're not being filled, we're not being drunk with wine, but we're being filled with the Spirit throughout the day. Um, it, it, it's kind of it's like if, if me and my wife Valerie 
would end up moving back in with our parents. We'd go one week at Claude and Michelin's place and one week at my parents' place. We are not going to do that. We're very happy. (laughs) That would be strange. Um, Life would be a little different, right? Being dependent on our parents once again, it would be, okay, whoa, this is different. You know, my my lunch is made, my laundry's done. Maybe we will. (laughs) Sounds pretty good, no. Life would be different. Right? It would be a new style of life. And, and again, I think we need to learn as Christians this new style of life where every day we, we, we don't just live the day and check in with God. We tru- truly uh, attempt to become dependent on Him. You know, I, lo- I love Moses when, when, the, when, when the Israelites were going to the promised land and, and what they had done was God kind of rescued them from Egypt and the first thing they do is, oh, Moses is gone on a mountain. What should we do? Let's worship a calf. Cool. Um, so, so God says to Moses, I'm not going with you, Moses. I'll meet you in the promised land. I'm going to kill one of you. So just go on. I'll meet you there. And Moses just says, I'm not going. I, I, I'm, I'm not moving without your presence, God. If your presence doesn't go, don't, don't send me. I need you with me. And then Moses says, how will anyone know we're different? How, how are we going to be different from anyone else in the world unless you send me God? But again, the Israelites, they had this independence about them. And even when God was their king, God was their king. How cool is that? Imagine if God was our prime minister. Upgrade much, right? Doesn't even matter who's in power. That's an upgrade if God is prime minister. And they said, give us a king. We want to be like every other nation. That nation had a king looking out for them, fighting battles for them. That's cool. We want that too. They had this independence about them and we just, we we need to learn to to, to break that with everything we have. Learn this new way of living, of of being dependent on God every moment of our lives. Not even just having a a time of devotion before God, but but daily, right? Connecting with him throughout the day, involving him in everything. This This is what God wants. This is the relationship he wants in our life. He's knocking at our door and he never wants to be shut out. He wants to do every moment with us. And when this happens, this is when, this is when our lives are going to be commissioned by God. This is when we're going to be filled with the Spirit. This is when some of these dead routines in our life of just waking up, work, and all these things, they're they're going to be renewed because God's in the picture. God's in the picture of the the decisions we make with our finances. When I'm I'm talking to you, God's in the picture. I'm, I'm hearing him. I'm in tune with the spirit. He's leading me and he's directing me and he's guiding me. And all of a sudden, I'm not maybe doing anything different in the sense that I'm still working and doing business and making money, but it's completely different. Right? It's completely different because it's, it's not just me living saying I don't need a thing. It's, it's me living saying, God, I need you. I need you today. God, I'm not moving. I'm not showering before your presence is with me. I'm not coming out of the house before your presence is with me. I, I need your presence, Lord God. And, and this is what we need to learn. And, and I believe this is where we, we start seeing ourselves being carriers of revival because we have this constant connection with God in prayer. Uh, And there's this man, Smith Wigglesworth. I'm sure it was a name that he got made fun of in elementary school. (laughs) And and he was a man of amazing miracles and and signs and wonders. It was incredible. And so some people asked him, um, they asked him, Smith, like, what's what's your prayer life like? I want to know how often you pray. You know, how long do you pray? And and he said, "I, I never pray more than, I never pray longer than 20 minutes. 
And then they all were like, what? What do you mean? Never pray longer. 20 minutes. And then he said, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. And this, this is it, right? He just knew, man, I need God, right? And he had people that were expecting him to pray for him and minister. And he's just like, God, I, I need you. And I really believe this was, uh, this is where he, he saw the power flow, right? It wasn't his power. It was, it was the power of God flowing in and through his life. And I really believe if I, if I have this heart, if I learn this heart of dependence on him, my prayer life takes off. Because all of a sudden, I'm not just a, a person who's focused on physical things, and so when I go to God, I just want him to, to fill me. I'm a, I'm a person that, that's living off the bread of life, and I'm saying, God, would you move in me? God, I give my life to you. God, I know you're going to bless me with things and stuff, but God, I want to give my life to you. God, I want to surrender everything to you, being dependent on you today. Uh, and this is, this is the heart that I want us to have going forward, amen? Awesome. We're going to do something a little different this morning. I'm going to call the worship team up. I don't know if this is allowed, because I have a little bit at the end that I want to c- conclude with. But, but we're just going to sing out. I, I really just felt that we need to have this time of honestly, like, like, like it says in Revelations of repentance, us coming to God and saying, God, I, I need you. God, I'm sorry that sometimes I do live off bread alone. I want to live off your words, Lord God. So before we sing the song, I just want to read 2 Chronicles 7.14. This was a, a passage we've been focusing on this fast. And it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Right? It's that attitude of God, this isn't about us. God, we don't want to be prideful. This is about you. Keep us low to the ground. God, it's only you. Humble themselves, pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. I just have a few more things that I just want to wrap up this series with. The first thing that I want to talk about is I need your prayers and you need mine. Tell your neighbor you need prayer. And tell them back, yes, I do. <laughs> I love what it says in Ephesians 6. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. That's a lot of occasions, right? With all kinds of prayers and requests. Just this constant praying and connection to God. With this in mind, be alert. Say that, be alert. Be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. This is, this is a calling that we have to have each other's backs. Tell your neighbor, I have got your back. If you're sitting beside your spouse, tell your spouse, I've got your back. If you're sitting beside your friend, tell your friend, I've got your back. We need to have each other's backs in prayer because the, the honest truth is we have, we have an enemy, right? We're in war and, and we need to, to have each other's backs in prayer because we're in, we're fighting this battle and we fight it with prayer. I love how it says it in the message in Ephesians, it says, In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so no one falls behind or drops out. This is what we want to do. We want to have this commitment to prayer. In Samuel, 1 Samuel 12, Samuel says, Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. This was actually Samuel's retirement speech. He was being replaced by the king. And he says, I'm not going to stop praying for you guys. 
I'm Israel, you're a little frustrating, and I told you don't ask for a king, and you did it anyway, but I'm going to pray for you. Far be it from me that I should sin against God and stop praying for you. I'm going to carry that responsibility in prayer. And I truly believe that God has put some people on your heart, some situations on your heart, that you have a responsibility to carry in prayer. It's your spiritual warfare, it's your, it's your act of fighting, is praying for these people. Don't stop praying for the people that God has called you to pray for, your family, whoever God has put in your life or on your heart. Let's pray. And lastly, our world needs your prayer. And it says in 2 Timothy, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people or kings and those in authority. You know, our complaining and our criticism is not going to change the world. It's just not, but our prayers can, amen? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And I truly believe that, that our prayers have an impact on that happening. Our prayers have an impact on God coming to this world. We really know the ingredients for a revival, right? It's pretty clear that when when people humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, seek God, make God their their one thing, this is when revival comes in. We know the ingredients. They're there there in front of us. We don't know how God's going to move. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we know the ingredients to revival. And I just pray that we would have this heart. I really believe if we can grab this heart this morning, oh, it's so hard because it's so easy to live it out today in a moment when the piano is playing nicely, but tomorrow it's hard, right? But if we can learn this dependence on God, come on, he's going to come. He's going to invade your family. He's going to invade your homes. Your, he's going to invade Winkler and beyond. Amen? Let's pray. God, once again... We just pray this prayer, we need you. We need you. God, as we go from this place, as we go from the series, may we not forget that. May we live so humbly. And, and may we just include you in everything. God, thanks you, thank you for not stopping to knock on our hearts. You never stop knocking. Even when we shut you out, even when we come to you for selfish reasons, you just knock, knock, knock. You want in. So God, I just pray that we learn to let you in in every situation. I pray that we would carry and stay alert and keep each other in prayer. And I pray that we just make intercession and, and petitions on behalf of this world that needs you so desperately, God. Yeah, amen. Thank you for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.